This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 547, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Hold on!
Hello and welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 547. I'm Josh Flanagan. I'm here with Ron Richards. Hello, Josh. It's good to be back. Connor is, I believe, an international traveler. We're just, we're, well, or he's on the run. One of two. One of two. I mean, he, 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 is out of the, he is out of the country. We don't know why. I mean, it could be under the guise of a quote-unquote vacation or uh, shit went down. I like that he's continually on the run and then everything's okay and then it happens again. And yeah. these things don't stack up. Yep. It's a, it's, a, it's a testament to him. So we are iFanboy. We like comic books. That's why we're here. Every week we read what seems to be a bigger stack of comics every week. Yeah, that's for sure. And you wait for a week where there's less comics and it doesn't happen. And if there is one, that next wave uh, week is going to be a tidal wave. Yeah. That's, that's what I've learned. Anyway, so we read them all. Uh, we pick one that's the, that's our favorite. We call that the pick of the week. We lead the show with that, if you've listened before. <laughs> um, then we're going to talk about other books from the week and some stuff and talk about some things. It's, uh... it's a good time, and I'm excited. I missed last week because I, yeah. I was off pinballing, but um, I'm excited uh, to participate in the patron's pick later on the show, so stay tuned for that. that was my, my first patron's pick I heard last week uh, went like gangbusters. It was a comic book. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we are going to talk about what happens in those books. Uh, so that's your spoiler warning. Uh, if you haven't read them, that's your own problem, dude. Ron, <laughs> you had the pick. I did have the pick. And and like you, uh, the aforementioned stack of books was mighty this week. There was a lot, a lot, a lot of really quality, quality books. Um, and honestly, when I was sitting down, I mean, and, I, and and normally, like, I'm pretty quick with the pick of the week, right, Josh? I mean, you, you, you've eaten, you know, I'll read my books and I'm like, yep, that's my one. That's my horse. That's that's what I'm going with. Um, but this week I took my time. I thought about it a lot. I, um, I, I reread some stuff and it was really a matter of inches on a couple of books. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I fucking love Midnight of the Soul. <laughs> <laughs> and Midnight, three. Midnight of the Soul number three, uh, with story and written and drawn by Howard, the, the mighty Howard Chaikin. And there's a there's a there's an old term that I, I believe we coined back in the day, good Chaikin. What I, I love seeing that that term has has spread like wildfire through the comics industry. I've heard other people not who don't know us use it, which I like. <laughs> and uh, and Midnight of the Soul is just about as good a Chaikin as you're gonna get these days. Um, because if there was a book that this man was ever made to do, it seems like it's this. And the thing about it is, is that uh, we talked about the first issue. I don't know. Did we talk about the second issue, or did I miss the show on the second issue? No, I don't and, think we did. Yeah, I think we just talked about the first. So, so yeah, the, and the, to set the stage, it's, it takes place in the late '40s, early '50s, New York. Post World War Two. Um, Post World War Two. There's a World War Two vet who clearly uh, has got PTSD. And he's been uh, holed up in his house out on Long Island. He can't leave the house for years. Um, and then he catches wind of the fact that his wife is uh, – she's going to the city and she's, she's, she's making time on him. Uh, some, some shenanigans she's, are going on. She's whoring. She's whoring. Literally. <laughs> I'm not I'm – not, it's not a judgment. Nope. And, literally whoring. And so, and so he decides to don his leather jacket, get on his motorcycle that he previously would just ride in a circle in the front yard, and uh, head to the big city. And uh, issue three picks up where literally where he's standing on his motorcycle in Times Square, and uh, he's, he's on the case. He's trying to find his wife, and he's, he's, he's a, seem, seemingly a step behind her at every turn. Uh, and this issue is just a tour de force a, a almost a time machine back 
to New York City of 1948, 1949, 1950. This is the New York City that I read about in Jack Kerouac novels and Allen Ginsberg poems. This is the New York City that uh, that no longer exists. Uh, that that I, I I wish more than anything I could have I could have been there for. <laughs> this is the New York City that my grandfather was uh, was working in was was there in the mix. Um, and this is as gritty and noiry and just real as it gets. It's this is raw. This is raw comics. I don't. I don't know about real. But, uh, it's probably, well. I mean, by real. I mean, it's heightened. It's, yeah, it's... yeah. But by real in that. In that. So this is the one thing that I wanted to to, to celebrate and kind of what what I thoroughly love is that. Chaikin, first off, Howard Chaikin is not a man of th- now. He's a man of this time. Like he, he's a man's man. And I find that we gravitate towards comic creators of that ilk. We really do, which is weird. I, I mean, <laughs> I used to. I mean, like, like because we would I, every time we would talk about Darwin, I would say that's a man who lives in 1962 and he doesn't care what it really is. Yeah, exactly. And it was it's like almost the same kind of deal. Yeah. So. Um, so, but, but what I think is spectacular, and I know that Howard Chaikin has an affinity for this time period because we've seen his work with uh, Matt Fraction on Satellite Sam, which also takes place during this time. He also loves, he's a born and bred New Yorker, loves Broadway, like all this sort of stuff. Um, and to see the level of detail and design that not, that went into, not only into the characters in, this, in the classic Chaikin kind of facial style, but the backgrounds mm-hmm. are just yeah. like, it is like walking through a, into a photograph. Right. And like he and the thing is, is that like and I'm sure there's a lot of photo reference. I'm sure he found like a shot of New York City and that he's, you know, playing with it. But like the the glow of the neon, the detail of the 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 awning in front of the Sheridan Astor Hotel in Times Square, the the chock full of nuts sign above the coffee shop. Right. Like these are New York mainstays that are gone. That are just that 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 were that this is what New York used to look like, and now they're just it's it's it you know I haven't seen that chock full of nuts logo in years, although I'm pretty sure they're yeah, still around. But still, I, I, like, I was like, oh that, yeah, right, that. right, yeah. and like and like in the in the opening on the first page where he's on the he's in Times Square and there's the he's, he's right by the Mayfair Theater and there's the 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 big wraparound billboard for Martin Lewis and Sailor Beware, right, like that. Like it just it, it, oh I just got lost in this book for for the twenty minutes I read it like it was just it was just a blast and um there, there's some action there's and there's the classic you know he's a step behind you know he's yeah. going, going from coffee shop to diner he's finding somebody then the you know then there's another group of people who want who are looking for his wife as well too and you know and then and then you get a wacky um uh, PTSD flashback to the war. Uh, and and uh, and the last page makes me wonder if, if he's in a parallel universe or not, which I like. Which I was like, oh, that was an interesting choice. <laughs> yeah, it's good. So um, I don't know. I just love this book. I love the series. I love that it it is out there. I think that uh, for those of you who aren't aware of the greatness of Howard Chaikin, going back to American Flag or whatnot, like even that last the last page of the issue where you know he was back his, his back the main character's back is to the cameras on the motorcycle and on the street and it says end part three and their cars come at him and the lights like it is this this is just really spectacular you got to give uh, i want to make sure i give credit the colorist uh jesus obertov i yes. guess uh yeah. he you know every chicken did everything uh except for the letters and the colors yeah um but but a lot of that stuff that you're talking about those glowing signs and the, that the, the headlights right yeah like, like light in comics is an interesting light in comics is a funny thing um you know because it's 
and of course, Photoshop has helped, and and you know it's gotten easier as the you know technology has grown. But the ability to manipulate true glowing light on a flat, isn't that neat? Yeah, on a flat piece of paper is not e- is not easy, and and to be able to nail the the, the almost the plus sign artifacting of a headlight. You know yeah. where the light is going up and down, and like, and the glow of a deli sign uh, in the background, or the glow of of, of uh, like a, a doorway. Like, there's one point in the in the um, in the World War II flashback uh, where there's an alley and there's a, a door with bars, and there's explosions going off behind it. But there's the glowing coming in the distance, but in the yeah. foreground, it's not. You know, like it's uh, really well. The colors are really, really well done. So. Yeah, I like the light. It's that is one of those things in uh, modern comic book coloring that always fascinates me is the uh, optical illusion of the glowing light. Yeah, and yeah. I, every time I see it, I look at it. I'm like, that's neat. Yeah. That's neat how they did that. And yeah. if that's if that's the best thing to come out of Photoshop, then then that's fine. Yeah. Um. I, well, you know, and my question to you was going to be, what was it about this issue? That was so special compared to the others because when I read it, I was like, well, maybe there's going to be something. But it pretty much felt like the other two issues, which is not a bad thing. But you kind of explained it is my point. Like, yes, I, yeah. I, yeah. like I was like, oh, OK, I yeah. understand exactly. Yeah, it was. And, and the thing was, this isn't a first issue. This isn't a this isn't a, you know, a, a oh, my God, huge revelation moment or this insane kind of thing. It's just the from page one to the last page, I was enthralled and enraptured by it. And, and to me, that's that that's deserving. Uh, yeah, I think this is one of those things like if you like it, you're going to like it. If you don't yeah. like it, you're not. And there's not anything anybody can do. We wouldn't convince you like, oh, I don't really like that. Yeah, that's fine. Don't that's fine. It. Yeah, exactly. You know, don't. But for you, uh, you know, it's it's like this is exactly what you like. And then so by the time you've got to the third issue and you're still getting that and there right. wasn't uh, 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 <laughs> there wasn't a reveal of a demon, for example. Well, yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> Oh God! Because, because and that's a great segue because I'll tell you a, a, a strong close second was uh, the new. Well, well, uh, well, uh, we got to do the ratings first anyway. But yeah, we'll get to that. Okay, there's a teaser for that. Just getting the thing you want, and then at the end you're like, that was that was what I want, and I'm very satisfied. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, so Midnight of the Soul number three, uh, published by Image Comics uh, by Howard Jakin. If you, if I mean, it, I don't know, I, I, like I, I, you said it best, like. If you like this, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't like it, I don't know what to tell you, and I'm not going to try to convince you. It's just it's a but very. If you've never, if you've never read it, you yeah. should check it out because you might like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if you like retroy kind of things, if you like like I mentioned the you know kind of Kerouac and the, the beats and things like that, um, you know, even I mean, even if you're into Mad Men, check it out because it's got that retro feel and it's that you know kind of unfolding mystery and that sort of thing. Just the just the way the main character rolls his jeans, the cuffs. Like I'm like, oh god. I wish I lived back then. Well, it's also kind of like uh, it's a it's a little more raw than those things too. I think yes, the one yeah. thing you're talking about old New York is that like he. It's also on the on the waterfront. Yeah, but yeah. it's like dealing with like crime characters and and like it has a different take on on what we would have thought of as as like traditional criminals or, or like gay people or whatever yes, how yeah. how they would have thought at that time. Uh, it's much more it's like sort of gritty, like when you're in the – he says something in there like New York's a small town and that's yes. what people don't get. And I, I thought – I was like, that's it. He's got that. Yep, exactly. And he's totally right. He is totally right because it, yep. is, it is a tiny town. And, and yeah. then it was much smaller. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, 
Yeah, I, I get that. I get cool. that. All makes sense. Yeah. So right. let's so, let's move along. Let's to move along. The comic book that I had to read. Yes, to, to the to the uh, the ratings of the DC Rebirth books become uh, continue on. And this is I, I honestly I did not think in August we'd still be doing this, but here we are. I, I'm surprised every week because it, it shows on the list, and I go, oh god, there was another one of these. Yeah, ratings, ratings. So so Suicide Squad Rebirth number one. Similarly timed with the release of the Suicide Squad movie. Look at DC aligning their schedules. Look at that. You, seems so simple, yet. Yeah. <laughs> that Force Awakens comic book just came out. Right, true, good point. So, uh, so this is Suicide Squad Rebirth number one, written by Rob Williams, with art by Philip Tan, uh, and, a, and a parade of, co- of inkers, Jonathan Glapian, Scott Hanna, and Sandu Florea, and Alex Sinclair on covers. Uh, Josh, you're a big Suicide Squad fan. What did you think? Uh, there's a misnomer in that sentence. <laughs> I'm not not a Suicide Squad fan. Um, I I'm aware that there is a beloved run from Ostrander, I believe. Yes. yes. Uh, in the '80s, yeah. and I never read it, and I don't feel one way or the other about it. Um. Uh, I thought Phil Philip Tan was. I haven't heard from him in a while. Yep. This wasn't for him. I thought I, this is actually if there was such I, a good th- things, good Phil Tan art. I was like, all right, that's not that's yeah, not bad. Ex- that's passable. I expected uh, worse. I expected worse on the art, but I yeah. got I got to tell you, I, I I can't think of anything that I I hate more than uh, Deadshot's costume. I had that thought. Yeah, like wow. I was like, I had to look at the calendar. I'm like, is this 1996? Not, not only like, not only that, I was like, I can't remember what Deadshot looks like, but I think it was a good. I think it yes. was like I liked the costume, but this one was so. It took over my eyes so much that I, I literally could not picture it. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. remember what it used to look like. Uh, written by Rob Williams, who actually does great work. Rob yes. Williams is a great writer. He is uh, doing Unfollow. Now, which which is a book yep. we like very much, yep. um, so I was like, all right. It felt to me like an introduction to these characters and a workaday job. Yeah, that that we've got to do this comic book because there's a movie. Yep, and it was done as well as you could do that given the constraints and, of and let yeah and let's give each character their moment so you understand who they are and what they do and it was very much yeah I think like if people went. If people went from the movie theater right to the comic book store, like we know they do, um, and they see Suicide Squad on the shelf, this would be a good introduction to the comic, and which is what the, this is. That's the job of this book. I yeah. could have done without the opening scene with Amanda Waller and, and President Obama, um, because was I, it Obama? I just, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be Obama, which is good that, that, that they have that in. But I just He's letting thought, his hair grow out natural, like. <laughs> Well, my problem, my problem with that whole sequence was that he's yelling at. He finds out about Amanda Waller. He finds out about the Suicide Squad. Is yelling at Amanda Waller and saying that you know I swore an oath to defend this country. We do not do this. Not here. And it's like this isn't going to happen. And then she's like, okay, yeah, but what about this guy? And he's like, okay, yeah, sure. Yep. Like it's just like it was just like so. Why have this scene? Like why have the president give her a dressing down if he's just going to tacitly approve what they're doing again? You know, like. I don't know. Yeah, 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 you're right. I think, I mean, I think the point of that scene is to be like, look how high up this goes. And it's, and they are the good guys because they're working for the, although even that is subjective in our current culture. Yeah. Like, oh, she's working for the president. She must be evil. Or, oh, he said that I guess it's okay. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, which is not bad. It's an interesting thing. Yeah. Um, friend of mine. Did you? Did you? I know that there's going to be a show on Suicide Squad. Have you seen it yet? I don't know. No, I haven't. It. So ironically, I went. I, I attempted to see it yesterday. Um, in Good the stomach. 
in the in the target demographic area of Queens. And uh, and every showing I went, I try, I would try to get into the five o'clock showing on Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And every showing, um, multiple screens was sold out until nine o'clock. Huh. So and and I was just like, God, oh, Target demo. There it is. Yeah. Like I was like, I, I'm here. I am. This these are the these are these are the these are the people who are going to make this movie 150 million dollars this weekend. Well, a friend of mine uh, who who I decided to make my my proxy. Review like I read what he said needed to be fixed about it, whatever. And and one of the things I think stood out is that I don't know why Harley Quinn is in this. Yeah, I mean I do know why. Right, but I don't know why. Well, yeah, and I, I but I think that 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 was what we brought up when they originally put her in the Suicide Squad back, yeah. um, back in the New Fifty Two was just like okay, you know. So yeah. Well, I don't it know. even felt it, it just in this like if this is all that I ever read, it was like what? Why is she there? It yeah. doesn't. Yeah. I do, I mean I know and again I know why she's there. Um, but I, I feel like where they used to have a really fun time with Catwoman and sort of like having her ride the line of good guy, bad guy. Yep. The Harley Quinn, I can't figure out what that is. And maybe yeah. that's cause she's supposed to be crazy, but, no, but she's got really short shorts. Not in this though. I not noticed. in this though. Yeah, true. She's yeah, clothed point. in this, yeah, uh, quite conservatively, relatively yeah. speaking. Yeah. Also, she's not in a scaly armor. Oh jeez! Oh, <laughs> God! All right, so uh, ratings, ratings. Uh, Josh, give it a rating. Two and a half. Two and a half. I'm gonna give it a three. Um, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It was passable, and like we said, the Phil Tan art wasn't awful. Like I expect, I, I braced myself for much worse. Yeah. It just, it just, it, 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 it's not for me. Um, so that said, I'm sure. not gonna stick with it. Josh, will you be? Continue? You're a big Suicide Squad fan. Will you be continuing I- with it? Not a big school of suicide. I just oh, want to it's okay. Reverse you can, that again. It's okay. No, you don't have to. You, you can be honest here. <laughs> I'm not going to be continuing with it. No. All right. All right. There you go. So but ratings. I've read worse comic books. Yeah, me too. Exactly. I read worse comic books this week. In fact. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, lots of books with Civil War on the cover. Anyway. Um, all right. So up next is the book that nearly was pick of the week. A matter of inches. Uh, the new book from Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, Killer Be Killed, number one. I was reading this book and I'm like, I'm digging this. I'm liking this. I'm like, oh, there's a demon. <laughs> Not you too, Ed Brubaker. <laughs> Ed too, bro. <laughs> well, like if they like, oh, the guy I count on. Why? Why? Why is there a demon? I I thought about this and okay. Basic I mean, well, well, hang on. Hang on. Like, first okay. off, I love the the cover, the look. I mean, Sean, that that cla- that great, clean Sean Phillips design, right? I love the logo. I love you know the idea. I'm reading this, and I'm and all right, go go from there. But I just I, I like from the first page, I'm like, all right, I'm 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 in it. I'm like Mike Romo. I'm in it. Okay, I, I got thoughts on this. I okay, thoughts. Go. go. Uh, so the premise title of the book is "Kill or Be Killed." So, sad sack character at the beginning feels bad about himself, tries to kill himself. Uh, it doesn't. Ha- it doesn't happen. He like hits a blanket on a clothesline, tries to jump off a building, which, and which he was, lives. Which was right. very, very, very funny, by the way. <laughs> he goes back to his room. Demon shows up and says, "Well, I saved you. Now you owe me a life. Every month, you got to kill somebody. Give them to me so that you can stay alive." And that's it. That's killer be killed. That's yep. it. and so he turns into a person who kills people. That's which is what the the um, uh, cold open sort of basically tells us. Yeah. Um, it feels like a Mark Miller book. Is what it feels like. It's yeah, like, it really does. It not, really, not, really a current, does. not a current Mark Miller book, like yeah. a Mark Miller book from like five years ago. Yeah. Now, now, really, now, uh, now that, that said, um, this book had a a shit ton going for it. 
Yes. Right? Uh, like so 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 the the opening sequence is we see the guy and he's donned this red ski mask and he's got a shotgun and he's going to you know do his kill and at first I was like oh so this is a Punisher character. Right, like, because he's talking about how there are bad people in the world and all the, you know, this kind of there's a morality play going on here, and I'm like, okay, this is a, you know, and and we go through this whole sequence of, you know, he he was with his girlfriend and guys made fun of him and he and he didn't stand up for himself and his girlfriend got mad, you know, like you know the, these sort of things, and he's just a sad sack guy who, um, you know, can't can't catch a break, and then we get introduced to his roommate. And his former best friend, who's now dating his roommate, and you're like, all right, there's a little love triangle here going, right? And then, and then you find out that the the girl the girl starts kissing him on the side, and you, you, I, I felt his hopes rise as well. Like I I was in the emotional arc, and then we find out that she just feels sorry for him, and that's what leads to honestly, which I think is an amazing sequence by Sean Phillips. Of there's the first page where two thirds vertically of the page are him standing on the ledge. And then there's just a white, you know, kind of Terry Moore like panel uh, yeah. uh, of just text. And then he, you know, tries to kill himself, and he jumps, and he hits the wire, and then hits the clothesline, and hits the blanket, and lands. Right. And I, I'm thinking, all right, he's gonna have this epiphany, and he's gonna be this man. He's gonna stand up for himself. And then the demon comes. Now that said, right. Phillips draws the demon very well. Okay, we can break this down into two yeah. things. First of all, uh, at first I thought, oh, it's it's an Ed Brubaker book. Yeah. I thought, oh, he's going to do this again. And I was like, that's fine by me. Yeah. Um, so I, on the one hand, I almost have to give him credit. He's not a go-to-the-demon type of guy. He's not, yeah. Although I didn't read Fatal, which was like – Which was – well, that was – but that was more – I want to say H.R. Puffin stuff, but no. Um, uh, 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 I almost said Geeker, but it's not Lovecraft. Yeah, Lovecraft. H.P. Lovecraft, right. Yeah, that was Love Lovecraft. I don't know. or yeah. under, it's, It is a subculture to which I am almost entirely yep. blind. Yep. Or ignorant, uh, so ignorant, I, ignorant, ignorant. Yeah, yeah. Well, well. Um, but I actually have those around. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read them at some point yeah. because uh, then the second point is, um, like, I'll hail Sean Phillips. Yes. Holy shit. And I, I think that he is one of those pros. He's been around a long time, yeah. and I have liked almost everything he's ever done from Hellblazer yeah. in through. Um, oh, what was the one? He, the first thing he did with um, Brubaker from Wildstorm, uh. the Spy. That I can't remember the name of. I'm going to move along until we think of it. But he's just a guy like sleeper, as, sleeper, sleeper, sleeper. There you go. As good a storyteller. Oh, but th- this this was this was some next level shit. Like the the, the pages Absolutely. the pages towards the end of the book in the snow. Um, th- there's one page where he's walking out of the subway um, at Astor Place in New York City with the girl. Where I was like, holy shit! Like this is beautiful. Yeah. Also, like, and if yeah. you compare this to um, the last series that they just did together, the, the Hollywood one. Yeah. Um, y- y- it, it, it's a different. I mean, it's the same guy, but it, yeah. it is a different style. Yep. It doesn't have this. It doesn't have that sort of a uh, almost rough, brushy look that yeah. he had used um, previously. And I, I, I gotta tell you, it was really hard not to pick this as pick of the week, and and I just, I just couldn't. I just had to take a stand on the demon. Yeah, I mean, for me, that really is that is a turning point in so many books. Is is when they're starting to tell a story, and then the supernatural element kicks in. Yep. And I know that to some people, that is the heart of comics, but to me. Unless it's really, really good, and it can be, uh, it, it, it can be a cop-out, and I'm undecided on this. I don't right. think it's a cop-out. I think he's just trying to make him – I think Brubaker's trying to do it the different thing than he's always doing, so this is how he's doing that. Right. Uh, I bet this sells as a movie quicker than any of them because of it, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, exactly. a demon. Shit, sign us up. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so it's uh, – That's good. 
It, I mean, it was it was just beautiful. I mean, I just I, I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was great. It just it, if this book had been this sad sack guy he feels sorry for himself, tries to kill himself, fails, and then decides to carpe diem, and this is how he deals with that. Like I, I was way more interested in that than having uh, a spooky this the spooky demon beating him up. Uh, was 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 I was like, oh well, the demon the demon got his hands dirty. I like that. The demon so. was interesting. The demon yeah. was unique. And if it had been, if it if you take away the demon, then you go, oh, it's that's that's wanted. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's a which is why I said that before. That is, you know, we've we've seen this. So yeah. You take the demon out of it, and it's a complete cliche. Yep, and it worked. Like it's a ni- it's a neat conceit, and also you're not entirely sure if the demon is real. Yep, um, which is nice. Like there's an element of doubt to that. Yep. So is he going crazy? Yep. Um, and there might be. Like if you if you look at it like that, that he's he's had a psychotic break. Yeah. Game on. Yeah, so we'll see. I'm definitely gonna yeah. stick with it, but this this was great. It just it just I couldn't I just couldn't ha- I couldn't have it. I can't have it. You don't not read a Brubaker Phillips series unless yeah. it's Fatal, which I did not read. Right, I read Fatal. Anyway, all right. So moving on, uh, Moon Knight number five. Moon uh, Knight number five. Now this is this book. You, I'm sure you have something to say about it. Uh, all I have to say about it is that I don't read this book. I just look at it. Yeah. I literally stopped reading it because I don't care. Yeah. But I, it's the the Smallwood art. Um, is is a delight and a joy, uh, and then you add something else in this one. Yeah, well, this this was this was the the let's get a jam, let's get a bunch of artists to draw different scenes, and that can be either there's a risk or a reward, you know. And um, and we had Smallwood, Greg Smallwood, the the the, the regular artist. We also had Wilfredo Torres, Frank Hes- our favorite Francesco Francavilla, and the elusive James Stokoe. Uh, so yeah, from an surprised. from an artistic standpoint, this is this this issue was a uh, was beautiful. It was a tour de force. It was fantastic. Um, and yeah, like you, like I'm 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 reading it, but I'm not reading it closely. And I know just enough of, of the Mark Spector, Stephen Grant, Moon Knight, all the kind of stuff to to get the importance of the how it ended with he's back in the Stephen Grant persona and he's an actor and that sort of thing. You yeah, know, I didn't like, catch that. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it just looked beautiful. It was great. So yeah, I, I mean, really, it's it's. Uh, I mean, Declan Shalvey had been the one to sort of help relaunch this book with Warren Ellis, yeah. and that looked so good. And, and when they switched teams, I was like, eh. Yep. But but man, Greg Smallwood, <laughs> that's he's stuff. a talent. Yeah. This this was a this was a real strong contender from an art standpoint. I was uh, I was actually reading books with my, I was like my wife was next to me doing something, and and I was reading it was Aquaman I think, and there was a panel in Aquaman. We're not going to talk about it, but there was a couple of panels where I was like, look at this. This guy's not quite ready. Yeah. And I was trying to sort of explain why. And then the next book I read was Moon Knight. And I, I showed her different. I was like, this guy's ready. Yeah. Like that yeah. was just as a really good example of, of you know, somebody's really got it uh, on the page. Yep. So, Mateo yeah. Scalero's ready. Oh, he's, he's ready for sure. Jeez. He's so ready. He's got to fucking stop it. Oh, God. I was so happy to see Black Science back with the new arc and I and with Black Science number 23, which came out this week. And not only Mateo Scalero, Mateo Scalero has got to stop it because he's just stupid good. Um, but I just love Remender's ability to be like, all right, game on. Here we go. You know, like. But like, also, like, you know what? Let's do a fucking Disney and the Witch in the Woods story. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and this. This book was really pushing the bounds of this is a little ridiculous. Yeah, you know he's on a horse, he's talking to it. There's an accident that you know him and the horse. It was Disney. Yep, it was great. It was great. 
So yeah, I mean, I don't know what more to say other than so it's a brand new story arc. You, you you could not you could have read the past twenty two issues, but I think that you could just pick this up and go with it and like you know and and we, we see our hero Grant McKay back in the black science you know kind of costume and and he's trying to he's trying to get something to to prove himself through in, in the eyes of his daughter and his daughter is a princess now and it's just it's, it's wacky and it's it's it, and and the witch in the woods wants the wants from Grant the 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 knowledge of black science. So uh, I like it. It was great. They got the so. font in that one. Yeah, you know, right. when there was a color change on this one to uh, Moreno Denisio. Yeah. I, I wasn't so into it because I think it was Lee Lowridge before. Yeah. Um, I've warmed to it. I'm good now. Or, or he's no, maybe, it, was D, it was Dean White originally. Oh, right, right. Yeah, it was Dean, right. yeah. yeah. But yeah. either way, I, like, I, I feel like the colors have come around a little bit and maybe they've been evened out a little or maybe yeah. I'm just used to it. But no, it no, I, think, I agree. Perfect. I think, that, that, I think, I think all, it's all clicking on this series. Yep. So, yeah, yep. So, so now, now's a great time. Jump into Black Science. If you like this issue, go back. I'm pretty sure they put out a big hardcover of all the previous ones. Go buy that. And, and it's one of the best comic books on the stands. So, uh, so Eisner Award-winning writer James, uh, Jason Aaron... Uh, is back with Doctor Strange number ten, which uh, wraps up the what is, what is the story arc? The end of magic, the last the days end of magic. magic, the last days of magic, uh, the end of magic, the end of magic. So, <laughs> I liked this. This is like the first long Doctor Strange story I've ever actually read. Yeah, um, it was very. It felt very similar, I guess, in theme to that Thor story of the God Killer, the God Butcher. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was fun. I like. I like this character as written. Yeah, this sort of uh, hero who is who is way more put upon than he seems. All right. Um, and and, and, uh, and I like and I like the I like I did like the conclusion. We're like, okay, well, we won. So why is magic gone? Yeah. You know, like, you know, and strange saying, you know, I just went through a bunch of spells and they did nothing. And like this idea of like, well, okay, what what is the what is the one thing that Doctor Strange is known for? Magic. What happens when you take that away? I think that's very compelling. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah. So it's interesting, and 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 I would like to thank everybody in the world who uh, who did not make me roll up my sleeves and get angry, and, and when Jason Aaron won the uh, Eisner for best writer, um, it was well deserved, and we want to congratulate him on behalf of my fanboy for that. So absolutely, I really yeah. dug. There's a little bit at the end where all the like they make it so that everybody can see everything that's happening. Because one of the conceits is that normal people don't see what's yeah. going on with magic. Yeah. Uh, and, and all the, it's literally done in like a panel, but it's a bunch of people standing on the street talking about how he helped them. Yeah. And it gives the whole thing a really neighborhood feel like, like everybody kind of knows about this guy, but they don't talk about it. Yeah. But like he's made all of this impact on the people around him and being helpful in little ways that, that no one talks. about. I thought that was nice. Yeah. Nice little touch. So. Good stuff. All right, get that guy an Eisner. Yeah, he, he deserves another Eisner. So there you go. <laughs> At least, yeah. <laughs> well, another Eisner winner was uh, artist Cliff Chang of Paper Girls. Guy can't draw a bike, but other than that, he's awesome. Oh, is that your is that your nitpick here? <laughs> no, no. Actually, the last issue, like there was there was a horrendously drawn bicycle. Uh. Like it was the stem was bad. It was I was like, he's never seen a bike. Oh. But they were better in this one. So I think somebody actually like he, he improved. So I was like, oh. all right, your bikes are correct in this one. Um, I love Cliff. I love Cliff Chang's work. This 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 uh, whole this whole series has been amazing. Yeah. So, no. I, I, yeah. I, yes. Uh, I think. I wasn't into this series for a little while. I remember, yeah. I fell behind, uh, and then the last couple, when they sort of, they came to now, because, I mean, Stranger Things is kind of a big thing right now, because it's... Um, I don't it's say anything, either, I, haven't, I haven't watched it, don't I'm say not, anything. I'm don't not, anything. but it's either good or it's nostalgic, and I don't know if people know which. Right. Um, which is so fucking dismissive about what people like, but that's how I feel about it, and it's that, 
like if you took it out of the fact that it's in the 80s would that make it worse or better or whatever right um and this book shot around that by taking the 80 kids and putting them now which i i thought was a little more interesting and i i he did basically vaughn did one of those really great cliffhangers at the end of this book where, which he's famous. He's the best last guy page. Yeah, last really, page guy. Really he's is. the best last page guy in the industry. Yep. By, by a million miles. And, and every time he does it, you're like, yes. Yeah, agreed. Do your thing, dog. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I thought it was a really good ending. And I'm, I'm really, it is so, it's the, it's the back to the future that gets, it's so much fun to watch a character be with either a younger, older version of themselves or their parents or whatever. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, what's great is that it's 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 playing on that idea without feeling like a retread of Back to the Future or of other things like that. Like it is 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 wholly a new approach to that kind of story. Um, so yeah, I, I I think it's great. Every issue just kind of makes me you know even a little more happier because it's it's playing with nostalgia and the idea of the '80s and all stuff like that enough, but not relying on it. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Which I think is key. Uh, anyway, I mean, like I'm all in like now I'm at the, like for a little while I was like, I don't know if I like this. And that was at the end of that first arc where there was just the weird guys who spoke a strange language and everything was strange. Yeah. And now like we know who the character, the characters are really good. There's a really great little group of characters who all have their own thing going on and they're very distinctive. Um, and I really look forward to getting the issues now yeah. and you could always tell cause they're gorgeous. The cover yeah. designs are great. Just they're the whole pack, the whole package is yep. amazing. Yeah. So yeah, great stuff. So paper girls number eight. Awesome. All right, I want to take a quick break and tell you how you can help support iFanboy and thank everybody who's uh, supporting us currently. Um, we launched on Patreon, what was it, two, three weeks ago? And uh, we're actually over overwhelmed by the amount of support we've gotten already. We have 195 patrons who have signed up to help support iFanboy, and we want to thank everybody for that. Um, and in fact, your support has unlocked not only one, not only two, but three of our goals in two Jeez. weeks, which is crazy. Um <laughs> Honestly, so, we didn't expect that. So yeah, exactly. So uh, so currently, right now, if you want to become a patron, you can go to ifan. Uh, you can go to ifanboy.com/support. There's a link over there to click over to Patreon, or just go to patreon.com/ifanboy. Um, for as little as three dollars a month, you can pledge, and now you can help help us pick a book. Later on in the show, we're going to talk about the patrons' pick of a comic. Um, we're going to be bringing some more talks flows. We're going to talk about that later on in the show. And uh, and now the goal that we hit uh, just a couple of days ago, uh, we're going to be doing a monthly Google hang. Out Q and A chat. Uh, so we're gonna figure out when we're gonna do that. So stay tuned uh, if you're a, pa- a current patron for wh- patron for when we're gonna do that, and that'll be a fun time uh, for all. Uh, so yeah, so go to ifanboy.com/support. There's you can find the link to uh, click over to Patreon and become a, a patron. Um, if that's not your thing, you can uh, shop on Amazon, and that helps us as well. A little a little cut of your purchases goes into our pocket from Amazon, not from you. So all you gotta do is go and buy your video games and your comics and your books and your TVs, whatever you might buy from Amazon. Diapers, diapers, exactly. Um, and we get a little cut of the purchase, and we thank everybody who does that. And finally, of course, if you just if you don't want to do anything like that, you just want to give us some cold hard cash. There's a donate button there where you can donate through PayPal of any denomination you like. We thank everybody who's done that. It's all at ifanboy.com slash support. We thank everybody for your support of supporting iFanboy on a weekly basis. We we love you. It's so. awesome. It it is. Is, it's so it's such a good feeling 
to have it sort of shoot up like that in a way yeah. that I don't think that we expected. Oh, absolutely. I, I thought we would flounder in and around three to four hundred dollars, and I was like, okay, yeah. you know, like so. It's just, it's honestly amazing to see to see the reaction of the folks, you know, about the patron pick and stuff like that. And we're mm-hmm. going to talk about that during the patron pick because there are some questions uh, from some of the patrons that I want to address. But um, okay. but yeah, it's just it's just it's just so cool. And so we, we like it. it yeah. It's one of those like, oh, you got you really like us. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. It's Sally Field moment yeah, again. I am all about forty year old references. There you there you go. So. My thing. Um, Nightwing number two. Yes. Connor's not here, so I have to revisit this. All right. Um, there was no. There was a scene on a bridge, sort of. For those of you at home, <laughs> uh, there was a little sad romantic bit at the end there that I know that Connor would have. I can see him yelling in a slightly high pitched voice. Yeah, I can see. Oh. That too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I. You know what? Tim Seeley's doing a thing here, and I feel like. That whole spiral Dick Grayson as Secret Agent thing was probably really good, but it wasn't really grabbing me. I, yeah. I know it was good because when I read it, I was like, "This is pretty good," but this feels like Dick Grayson. Yep. Um, as I and I really, I really like that character. Not yeah. as much as Connor because Connor really likes that character, but it's been really good. And I, I just wanted to touch base. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with it. And and right now, I, I'm totally feeling like I need to drop some of these comic books. Right. Right. Because there's two a week or is two a month coming out of well, a that, bunch yeah, of that's a, that's the thing that drives me crazy. That so so like we did Nightwing Rebirth, remember? And I was like, oh, I love it. This is great. And then I went out. I, I was out for a couple for I went on a trip and stuff like that. So I missed a week. And I mean, this, did Nightwing ship weekly at this point? I shipped every like I because I, I missed Nightwing number one, so I had to go back and read that. And I was like, these things are coming out way too fast. That's, that's I think yeah. Rebirth came out, and then the next week number one came out. We skip a week, and then number two comes out. No, because we yeah. talked about the bridge last week. Yeah. Jesus. So. Anyway, but uh, yeah, I, th- I think it was weekly. I think it is too much. But anyway, so Nightwing is great. It's fantastic. Yeah, it was good. So uh, I, I, I thought I, on, a, on a whim, I haven't been reading Invincible Iron Man, but with all the Civil War stuff going on, uh, and it had the Civil War banner on it, so I'm like, let me go look at it. Maybe it'll have something to do with Civil War 2, unlike Deadpool, which has the banner and still has nothing to do with Civil War, but whatever. Um, and so I'm flipping through, and, and so it's, it's Bendis doing Tony Stark, and okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and it's Diodato, who I haven't seen in a while. And I thought it was interesting because Diodato is an artist that I feel as if has has a very strong cartooning kind of style, um, but over the years has incorporated some photo reference, you know, more obviously. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought this is interesting in juxtaposition with what we've seen recently with Alex Maleev in the other Iron Man book, where Maleev has relied less on photo uh, photo referencing and more on his his cartooning style, which I like. Um, and then I got about halfway through the book. When apparently Ned Beatty makes an appearance. Hold on, going back. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> and yes, so, he does. And so, so, so uh, Tony Stark is on a campus and he's looking for this Riri Williams girl who, who's made the Iron Man armor or whatever. And he's talking to the dean of the school. And I zoom in on the panel and and I was like, that's just fucking Ned Beatty. <laughs> Like there's no there's no attempt to hide it or anything, and so then I'm like, why is Mike Diodato drawing Ned Beatty in a comic book? <laughs> Let me ask you, who is Tony Stark? Because he looks like Christian Bale to me, which yeah, is, he's Batman. Yeah, yeah. So that's weird. That's weird. But uh, but uh, the thing is, I can't really tell who. Maybe it's Bale. I don't know. But like well, this is this is straight up Ned Beatty. Yeah, no, it is. Okay, it is. all right, that's yeah. all. That's all I wanted to comment on. Wheel boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I want Otis. Otis Burke. Well, it so. works either way. Yeah. Here's the problem with this. There's not a problem. I don't. I don't think he's breaking any rules artistically. Yeah. But when I watch a movie, right, 
and a guy shows up and I'm like, oh, who's that guy? And then you have to like compulsively look up who that person is and what you know them from. Yeah. I don't want to do that in a comic book. Yeah. Or if you're watching uh, the DreamWorks animated film and you're like, oh, that, who's that voice? That's that person. And like, I don't like the idea of like, that takes me out of it if I'm seeing faces I recognize on characters that aren't that. Like it's, yeah. I guess there's an argument for it. I don't enjoy that though. Right. That's problematic. Because I did spend the whole time going, who is it that we got? Who's this Tony Stark? Yeah, yeah, it, it, takes, it takes you out of it. That's the. It, it, yeah. That's exactly what I'm getting yeah, that's at. The, that's Otherwise, the, like the story's fine. It, it's yeah. you just said it's it's Bendis doing Tony Stark. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 Robert Downey Jr.'s voice. It's right. yep. fine. And Ned Beatty. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, hey, listen, I don't want I don't want to come across wrong. I'm in support of Ned Beatty in my comics. I just didn't expect it. So there you sure, <laughs> sure. No. Um, I want to. I'm going to skip right here to uh, the Walking Dead 157. Okay. And what we've had here is a, a ma- this is a spoiler, and I still feel uncomfortable doing it. But we've had like a major turn uh, for the character Negan, yep. who I think I have finally come around on. Okay. Uh, in that before I was like, oh, you just like writing this guy a lot, right? And um, <laughs> and now I'm like, all right, you know what I'm in. I kind of like him. I like that you're doing this too. But basically, they've just you know, like he was he was out and he went and he he killed uh, one of their enemies, and now they're gonna sort of team up with him. Which is classic comic book stuff, really, uh, if you think about it. Um, but it's a good. There's this is the first issue of the Whisper War. Um, it's been really enjoyable, and it's it's just fun to watch. I'm taking the TV show and all of that other stuff out of it. It's really fun to see Kirkman's sort of dream for what he wanted to do with this keep going apparently forever. Right. Like this comic book's going to go on forever. Absolutely. And and yeah. now more than now more than ever. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna be reading this when I'm 60. <laughs> I believe it. It's <laughs> really. I like I know it. Um, I want to and very quickly in Superman four. Um, I've been enjoying this this story. I don't like this Eradicator thing so much because I don't know some. I, I I don't know Eradicator, but it seems like it's kind of I don't know not yeah. great. I don't, maybe I just don't like what he looks like. Um, but what was great in this was that um, a, a big part of it takes place in a bar um, with uh, like I can't remember the character's name, but uh, he's one of those old timey Superman uh, sort of uh, supporting characters, and he's talking to Hawken. Who's who is one of the supporting characters from um, uh, from Hitman, and they're like in a bar talking about how great Superman is, and then whenever one of them says Superman, uh, it's spelled with uh, S O O P E R M A N, Superman. Like it's <laughs> just got that <laughs> like old. Oh, it's Bibbo. Bibbo. He's not the super chimp, but uh, like they're just hanging out in this bar, smoking and drinking and talking about talking about how great superman is and it, it's i just really i enjoyed that little bit of it um but if you read hitman you're like oh hacking those those characters are getting pulled in which is really fun cool all right so now it is the time for the patrons pick uh so as we mentioned earlier uh every week the uh, patrons who are uh, who have ch- chipped in from a uh, three dollar or higher oh no wait what is it oh, yeah pretty much every patron gets to do it right yeah every patron gets to do it um, uh, gets to vote on a comic that uh, they want us to discuss on the show. Um, mm-hmm. We put up the we put up the voting on Monday uh, on Patreon for it's a patrons only uh, uh, page that they can see the link to, um, and we had a whole bunch of patrons. Not everyone, surprisingly, though. We've got nearly two hundred patrons, and we're I saw you know less than less than half have voted in in, in the patron pick. It's so new. Guys, it's new. You got to look for it. But so this week's pick was Animosity Number One. Uh, written by Marguerite Bennett with art by Raphael De La Torre. And this is a book from Aftershock Comics, a little upstart new publisher. Um, and uh, this book was horrifying. 
In what is, sense? Uh, this is my worst nightmare. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. Oh, yeah. You'd be the first against the wall. Yeah. Um, so all basically here's the here's the premise. Uh, all the animals become aware and they can speak. And yeah. most of them are pretty angry at the humans. Yeah. And so this is what happens when the world falls apart, except um, there's a there's the dogs seem to like us mostly. Yeah, yeah mostly. Which, which 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 is nice. I I. I I don't know what it is about me, but I like I keep arms. Th- I keep new things at like an arm's distance. Yeah. And so my instinct on this when I started was like there was I'm not sure there was literal eye rolling, but there was a small like, uh huh. Yeah. OK, great. What are you doing here? And I get to this bit where there are three two page spreads in a row. Yep. Um, which are uh, six panels, piece, 12 panels. And you watch the change happen yep. in all of these different 12 different scenarios, basically. Uh, of animals and I was like that was really actually pretty cool it was good like it was funny because when I started reading it I felt as if the concept felt like a a pitch that super high I, concept like a, a high concept pitch that I that people like I would like when I was at Image like people were blind submission like oh can you do my comic and it's like this the animals you know like it felt like a a you know upstart pitch kind of book uh, Marguerite Bennett has been around. She's 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 written uh, a bunch of stuff. I, 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 she's definitely an up and comer. Yeah, no, she's definitely an up and comer in terms of comics and and the stuff she's been doing is really good. Um, I thought Rafael De La Torre's art was pretty good. Um, yes. at, at first blush, I kind of did the same thing, kind of dismissed it in that regard. But by the end of the issue, aside from me being horrified because I'm a sca- I'm afraid of animals and this is my nightmare, um, I was like, that was really good. That was really mm-hmm. really good. So uh, it was high concept done well. Uh, and I, I and I agree with you that the um, that the, the 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 changeover panels were that 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 sequence was really well done. So yeah, and and like there was a certain sweetness in the way that the dog likes the little girl, which is yep. like you needed that. It's almost because otherwise it would be far too horrifying. Right, it's what you expect from a dog too, from a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. that's so. what you want. So it makes us feel good about ourselves, even though everything else is sort of supposed to make you feel bad. And then maybe I was worried about that, that it was just going to be like, look how bad we are to animals. And I was yeah. like, I know. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so, um, um, so yeah, so very cool. Thank you, patrons, for picking that. Uh, just I want to respond to some of the comments that some folks made um, on Patreon on the post um, where they were saying that they would love to see uh, the patrons would like to see the the list of other books patrons are picking um, or see like the top three or five or see like a viewable poll. Um, we're working on it. Uh, it. It's hard because a lot of comics come out every week, and so I'm trying to we're trying to figure out the best mechanism to do that. So I just wanted to let you all know that you've been heard and that we're we're figuring it out. So stay tuned. So there you go. Um, and finally. Uh, in, a, in a, 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 a segment of the show I like to call the I Got This Corner, uh, every week we bestow the award to the comic that is using the term I Got This, and it's not a good award to get, but uh, <laughs> and, and, that's, and, and, that's, and that's why, unfortunately, it's a real, it's with heavy heart that we give this week's I Got This Award to Batman number four uh, from Tom King and David Finch that had not one, but two I Got Thises. So, uh, but it also had... Uh, a little, a little shout out to us, so maybe we can forgive him. So I don't know. Which, which makes me think that was done on purpose. He's fucking with us. If it's done on purpose, then I will fucking give him a high five next time I see him because like that, that is well done. <laughs> Using the platform of Batman. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that I. I want to think about that because what a better compliment could there ever be? Yep. Yep. 
And it was funny because so so he knows. Yeah. I know knows. Well, yeah, but the thing is, I was wondering because there, there were there are a couple of things I was wondering. Because one is that we really started harping on the I got this recently, and the comics are done in advance. So I was wondering if this was if this issue was done before we had made it into what we've made it into right now. Huh. So that there's a chance of that. So if I'm Tom King. I totally pick up the thread, Josh, that you just dropped and say, oh, yeah, that was doing it on purpose. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. but, but, um, but I think there's be- more than a better chance that that script was written way before we started calling it out. Um, so he was just part of the uh, – this is just the, t- the tail wave of that. Yeah, exactly. That wave. Um, now, the funny thing is that I read the issue and I completely did not notice uh, our names in it. Uh, I didn't- and, then, and then people on Twitter were like, hey, great to see you in Batman. This, Batman. And I was like, oh, was that an issue I missed? Did I miss an issue? And so, like, I went back <laughs> – Red, and then I went to this week's issue. It's like, oh, there it is. There's my name. So that's always fun. So thank <laughs> you, fun. thank you for that, uh, Tom and David. That hasn't happened in a while. It's starting yeah. to feel irrelevant. It's very cool. Very cool. So all right. So those are the books that uh, we enjoyed this week. Uh, go to ifanboy.com where you can comment on this post and talk about the comics you enjoyed or what your thoughts on these comics were. Um, we got some time for some audience questions. We got a, a bunch of them that are short and sweet. Should be fun to do. So Josh, why don't you lead us off with a heavy-handed one? Yeah, uh, Matthew from North Carolina. <laughs> Oh, God, don't screw this up. <laughs> Matthew from North Carolina says, due to, the surpri- due to the recent political climate, I've recently discovered that some of my friends are surprisingly racist. I'm just, this is especially weird for me because I'm black, which is weird for Josh to read out loud. Um, do you have any – because I'm very pale. Uh, do you have any comic suggestions for my bigoted friends to help them learn about tolerance? Uh, says Matthew from, oh, my God, I have to leave North Carolina. Yeah. Um, um, well, there's, there's an obvious answer to this, right? Wow. Okay. Uh, the recent March uh, three-volume series of uh, by uh, oh. Representative John Lewis and and Nate Powell, a uh, great artist, telling the story of John Lewis's uh, involvement in the civil rights movement in the '60s. Right. Yeah, it's funny because what I was tending to think of um, is like stories by people who are kind of aware of it and kind of getting it right, but are using. Uh, you know, um, allegory really. Yeah. To sort of, it, it was only, it was the first thing that came up, um, for me in my mind, for whatever reason was the young Avengers. Interesting. And the reason that that came up was, is because it's a picture of sort of a, a group of diverse people living in harmony with one another. Um, and even, and you, so you take it from the Alan Heinberg stuff and Alan Heinberg's a, a gay writer. So, you know, he's dealing with persecution in his own way. Um, in his stories, but like it was just a, a group of characters. There are men and women, uh, lots of different races in there and sexual orientations. And they, they kind of, they all, you know, respect each other and get along, but also acknowledge who they are in there. That in that it matters. It's not like Patriot is a black character and the fact that he's black doesn't, doesn't register. So he's just black because they colored him that way. Um, you know, and that, and like, so Kate, and Kate Bishop is, you know, a rich white girl and, 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 you know, Hulkling and Wiccan are, are two gay characters who are in a relationship and, and, uh, also young Kang who is uncategorizable. I don't, <laughs> but uh, he's Kang he, well, he, for he is Kang. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> no, but like, I literally thought of that as like, this is my view of what it should be like. Yeah. That's, inter- cats that's, living together. that's interesting. All right, so that's, that's more of a comic that, that shows a world where that doesn't exist. But if you want to take racism kind of head on, um, I was going to say in addition to March, um, the same artist, Nate Powell, did a book uh, called The Silence of Our Friends, 
um, which was written by Mark Long and and Jim Dimonakis, our, our good friend who started the Emerald City Comic Con, um, and it's a semi autobiographical story uh, that that's uh, takes place in Texas in the late '60s about two families, uh, one, a white family and a black family, and it's really kind of you know, uh, you know, addressing the racism that existed in the late '60s in Texas and was really well done um, in that way. So See, I, I think uh, uh, Stuck Rubber Baby uh, by Howard. Hold on. I can look this up. Is another one that was re-released by Vertigo not too many years ago. Howard yeah. Cruz. Um, it, actually, if you look it up, I wrote a book of the month on it, um, and it's about again, it's a gay man. They seem to be very good at writing comic books about this kind of thing. But he grew up in the South in the '60s, and so it's about all those things um, in the sort of climate that he grew up in, and you know how you become a, a liberal and how you sort of deal with those. I feel like. A lot of those lessons are things that well, at least I learned in school, and now we're dealing with a different political climate, yeah. and it's it's where a bunch of people are like it's not me, and then a lot of a lot of people of color are saying, no, you know, there's other stuff that you still don't understand, and right. I'm trying to think of a good comic book for that, which That's is tough. I guess where Young Avengers came from is that. Like this is how you should be. Yeah, 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 which is which is good, which is a nice thing. And I would I would definitely say don't read any of the comics in the late seventies, early eighties, where you had moments like in the Justice League, uh, when they're they're considering Black Lightning to join the team, and they're and Wonder Woman and Flash and Green Lantern are watching him fight in the streets, and someone's like, well, he looks Justice League worthy, and the Flash goes, are you serious? Look at him. Oh God. <laughs> I know. Uh, but you know what? Like that's actually that was horrible. Helpful. Yeah, no, yeah, you know exactly. I, I would put it this way: if you've got friends who are sort of unaware of their, and then let's let's casual racism, racism, casual racism. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's, get them out of here, and then there's just saying dumb shit you don't know what you're saying, and then being yeah. a, uh, unable to admit it. Yeah. Okay. So a comic like that, you can say, I want you to look at this. This is what people used to do and think that it was okay. Right. And then you can use that example. This is what people do now and they think it's okay and it's not. You know, like right. there's there's stuff like that that's happening all the time. And I keep looking at how books are done uh, in their and their their tokenism and then they're trying to you know sort of do something good and they're they're not really. I don't I don't know that there's a comic book that teaches that is what I guess I'm getting at. Right. Yeah. And I've had a, I've thought I've, I've been thinking about it. Yeah. But you know, but you know, on the other on the other side, what's really nice about especially Marvel comics and I, I'm not as familiar with DC in this aspect like you get to watch like this birth of cultural progressivism go through Marvel comics and even though you have those moments it's yeah. always moving in the right direction way yeah. back to you know the fact that like Jack Kirby was like we need to have a negro superhero his yep. words um and he created Black Panther for that which is rad but he also called him Black Panther yeah <laughs> you know, so, like there's that but at least that's part of a discussion and I think that discussion is super interesting and super relevant even to today. Yeah, like the, this was a guy trying to do good and trying to be a, a good guy, but like he's he's a Jewish kid from the Lower East Side in the forties. So well, yeah, like a victim of the time, you know. Where yeah, but, he, but being able to recognize that stuff and talk about it, um, yeah. I think is is a huge part of that conversation. Agreed. Um, Agreed. So yeah. All right. Well, hopefully we helped you there, Matthew. Um, <laughs> I can't. We did. Yeah. So our next question comes from Lucas from Nullingbach, Austria. Uh, who says Lex Luthor got killed by Gorilla Grodd. Neil Gaiman's Death of Sandman fame came and, and resurrected him. And all of this led Ron to say in Pick of the Week number 254, wow, Bob Harris has been in the job for a week and they got a Vertigo crossover already. What's next, Swamp Thing? By the way, astonishing prediction, Ron, uh, regarding the end of Brightest Day. Thank you. So this brings to my question. What were the most unexpected and or entertaining crossovers you read in the last couple of years? 
and the reason why I wanted to answer this question because it's not an entertaining crossover in the last couple of years, but I was recently reminded of one of my favorite crossovers ever as I was going through my comic collection before I got rid of it. Um, do you remember in the late 90s, Josh, that uh, Marvel actually did a crossover with Star Trek with the X-Men? Oh. Yes. There was a X-Men Star Trek crossover where uh, different crews of Star Trek uh, crossed over with different X-Men of different eras. So it was like the 60s X-Men with the 60s Star Trek, and it was, it was glorious. So. That's, that's, pretty, that's pretty specific. That's late 90s, you said? Yeah, that was late 90s, uh, yeah. Okay, I get yeah. it. Yeah. So. Both Marvel and Star Trek are like, please, anyone? <laughs> Look, we'll do it together. Yeah, exactly. All right? <laughs> I, very, I very specifically remember. I can't – like when you say crossover, I tend to think of – like the events, so Civil, like, War, Civil War, or whatever. Yeah, yeah that's but, what I think. Of. But not like not like the Batman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one that just happened. Or yeah, yeah. I yeah. feel like those don't happen as much. But I very specifically remember being a kid and looking through the. I think it was American Comics. There was two mail order places. Yeah. Uh, oh, the you, one with the one with the eagle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I used to order from them. Yeah. Because I'd see like something in their listing. I'm like, that sounds cool. And it's exactly what comics are supposed to feel like. That's exactly what we've been chasing forever, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Um, and there was a X-Men versus Fantastic Four. Yes. Four-issue miniseries. And, like, I mail-ordered all of them. And not at once, because I couldn't afford them. Um, and, I, and, I, and I had them. I had them for years. And, like, and like I have a little box, like a, like a short box that I keep the comics I really care about in. Those are in there. Nice. Because that was the first time that I was like, well, that looks interesting. And my, like, 11-year-old mind, who really didn't know, you know, very much. And I was like, that's, that's exactly what they've been chasing after all this time. And I remember, like, I feel like it was a big Franklin Richards kind of thing. And, yeah, and, always is. And he was involved with Doom and the X-Men. And um, that was great. Yeah. Do you remember that? Did you read that? I, oh, yeah, I totally did. And I remember, I remember the original X-Men vs. Avengers back in the 80s. And I mean, that's what Secret Wars was. Secret Wars was just this one big crazy kind of crossover. And the, yeah. and, the, and the thing was, like, I remember, I think probably one of my, the, the high, the, one of the high points was the uh, uh, Batman Spawn one that uh, Frank Miller and Todd McFarlane worked on together. Yeah, but that's not yeah. not for the right reason. No, no, that was totally for the right reason. That was a blast. That was, I mean, that that was just that was just like completely. It was a sales grab, but like that was so much fun to read. And McFarlane worked it into the continuity of Spawn, which was cool. You know, um, I don't know. Those crossovers are weird because, like, the thing is that, like, on a certain level, there's no way for them to matter because they're just like the ridiculous, yeah. like X Men and Star Trek. You know what I mean? Like they're just like, oh, this funny thing happened once. You know, like. Um, this, or there were what if or whatever, you know. This but. wasn't in the last few years, but um, I remember every time a superhero showed up in Hitman, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, yeah. Like whenever Superman would have a conversation with Hitman, yeah, well, like, just like fast. So, yeah. No, no, it's because you got to throw what is Superman up against what is you know the other side of it supposed to be, and sort of it 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 would bounce it against reality a little more. You had to watch the characters deal with it, and I liked that. And I liked that, like Superman recognized there was heroism in Tommy Monahan, that kind of thing. Um, by the way, the X Men versus Fantastic Four versus the X Men, nineteen eighty seven, written by Chris Claremont, <laughs> shockingly, penciled by John uh, Bogdanov. Oh wow! Terry Austin. Wow, that's uh, a, that's an eighties lineup if I ever saw it. Oh man! Yeah, but it, it's it's it was written in just that. Chris Claremont was the right guy at the right time, man. Yep, that's for sure. And and uh, you know he did a thing where like we felt like we were reading when we were young. We felt like we were reading something really sophisticated, yeah. but we could still read it, yep. and uh, that was fun stuff. 
Good stuff. All right, and one I more. I'll have a good recent one. Yeah. All right, one more. Last one. Uh, this is Ken from the Great White North. Uh, as the sun never totally sets during the summer months, I can't tell how long I've been thinking about this question. Three days? Three months? Not sure. That was great, by the way, Ken. Uh, no, <laughs> there have been several Iditarods since I started. Anyway, when you think of a certain character like, say, Superman, Batman, or the Joker, what artist rendition is the first to pop in your individual noggins for each? Should we do this like a like one of those therapeutic first response things? Yes. Like, I say something, and you just say what comes to mind, okay? Okay. All right, let's go. Batman. Neil Adams. Superman. Kurt Swan. Cyclops. Um, uh, not John Byrne, but the other guy. Paul Smith. Um, uh, Jim Lee. Jim Lee. <laughs> you can't change it. I can't. I mean, but let's be honest. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> I um, want to say Paul Smith, but it's probably really Jim Lee. <laughs> Spider-Man? Um, McFarlane. Yeah. Here, do a couple for me so I don't say Okay. Uh, no. Thor. Well, uh, Simonson. All right. Good. Um, let's go, uh, Fantastic Four. Burn. Burn, really? Not Jack? That, that's what popped in. Listen, I can't, uh, yeah, that's what can't, popped yeah. in. Yeah, first one right. you see, I think. Yeah, uh, Harley, first one you're aware. Harley Quinn. Paul Dini. Thank you. Well, no, no, you, you Look, idiot. <laughs> no, <laughs> he didn't draw it, but, um, right. uh, Bruce, oh. Bruce Tim. Not Bruce Tim, though. The guy who, the guy who's passed away, Mike. Michael Turner? Oh, Mike. Oh, Connor would know this. Uh, it starts up with a P. It's a longer name. He used to do Batman Adventures, I think. Or we'll say something. I forget. Um, but like that animated style either way. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I want to think Did of a Bruce good one. Did Bruce that like Mad yes, Love? Yes, yeah. The first one yeah. was it was it was Paul Dini and Bruce Tim. They drew Mad Love. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Constantine. 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 Yeah. Um, Dylan. All right, there you go. Do Batman. Batman. Jim Aparo. <laughs> nice. You thought about that. <laughs> no, no, I just I'd had it. It popped in immediately, and I wanted to get it out. <laughs> All right. Uh, what about so for you, Spider-Man? Uh, Ramita Sr., oddly enough, is the first thing I saw. Nah, classic. I don't see the name. I see the art. I see the picture of him, and yeah. then I figure out who that artist is. Yeah. Um, um, Black Bolt. I thought of Jay Lee, oddly yeah. enough. Yeah, no, I'm but sure again, like for me, it's where I, when I first became familiar with that character. It's, so the, that imprint. Was... it's the imprint. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, yeah. So. Daredevil. Oh, Frank Miller. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's the uh, that's the imprint. Is that that eighties that that original Frank Miller? Yeah. Ramita Junior. Yeah. Oh wow. There you go. I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fun game. That's a really fun game. We should do that again sometime. Yeah, we should get Connor in on it. So. Yeah. All right, so if you've got any questions, uh, be sure to email us at contact.ifanboy.com. And don't forget to tell us who you are, where you're from, how long you thought about the question, and try to keep it brief. Uh, we appreciate Green Lantern. That. Green Lantern. Oh, um, oh man. I, I, who drew it during Ron Mars's run? Daryl Banks. Daryl Banks, yeah. I think that, that's How do I know that, but I can't remember the name of that last Brubaker series that ended like a week ago? <laughs> the fade out. So. Yeah, there you go. I, I, can't, I can't take in new information, but everything that was there is still there. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, cool. So uh, thanks for the emails. Be sure to email us, contact at fanboy.com. 
All right, so um, upcoming and past podcasts and things like that, you might have heard Star Trek Beyond. Me and Connor and Mike Romo got real geeky on Star Trek, uh, so go back in the feed and you can listen to that where we talk about the movie. Um, and then, as Josh mentioned earlier, uh, myself and Mike Romo will be discussing Suicide Squad. Um, that's probably going to be coming out after this show, so keep an eye out for it, um, and it should be uh, interesting. So there you go. <laughs> um, well, as promised to the uh, the patrons, yes. uh, we're going to be doing a uh, – a talk explode. I've got a recording set up for this week. All right. Um, with a couple of creators who are a team. It's coming. Yep. So that's going to come up. And of course, we have to do them monthly now. Yep, that's uh, I'm sorry. We will be doing them monthly now. I will not make that into an imperative. Um, and also make sure to go check out Goodfellas Minute at goodfellasminute.com, where myself, Ron, and Connor uh, went through the movie Goodfellas one episode, one minute at a time. Uh, so 146 episodes of uh, stunning talk about the highway system of New York City. Did, did you and know, the environs? Did you know that um, that I guess Pete for Pete the retailer put together a website of all the minute podcasts? No. Yeah, I, for, I forget what the URL is. Um, but yeah, he, he basically it's like if you're looking for you know in addition to Goodfellas Minute and Star Wars Minute, the other minute podcasts they're all in one spot. Um, and I, and it's like minutepodcast.com or something like that. I'm trying to find it. I was fooled by the Force Awakens minute. Why? not a real podcast they did one episode it was yeah. like a joke yeah i know <laughs> I, I thought it was a whole series and i was like i can't believe they do this to them yep <laughs> and they were like they're like no that's not no, a it's a joke movies by minutes.com there it is so oh. the minute format is is alive and strong and there's right there at the top star wars minute goodfellas minute and then indiana jones back to the future jaws alien etc so. they finished jaws uh I don't, I don't know i don't think so just saying yeah just saying just saying all right, so, uh, cool. So check that all uh, out. <laughs> head over to head over to. He's on. He's on. He's on. He's on minute seventy-two. Mm. Uh, last episode was May thirty-first. Oh, thing about a podcast is it's got black eyes, lifeless eyes, it's got doll's eyes, and seem to be living. It bites you, and the eyes roll over white. By the way, if you are driving three hours in a car with your wife and kids and you do that a lot, they don't appreciate it. <laughs> Head to iFanboy.com to comment on this show. You want to talk about this week's books, talk about uh, anything we talked about, solve racism. Um, you can find all of our other podcasts there also. Past interviews, talks blows. We've talked to Remender a billion times. Um, you can follow us at Facebook.com slash iFanboy or at iFanboy on Twitter. And you can follow us individually at, at Jay Flanagan, at CS Kilpatrick, and at RonXO, where we are actively working on the race issue. Yes, <laughs> doing our best. And if you enjoy the show, please tell others. Go to your comic book store, tell your friends, uh, on your message boards, wherever you might be, social media. Let everyone know, hey, I dig guy fanboy. Um, and uh, more importantly, write a review on iTunes. We appreciate everybody who's written a review. Please keep them coming. That's awesome. Uh, but yes, we, we, we love the people who've been tweeting saying that they're, they're supporting us on Patreon. Please keep it up. That's amazing. Uh, you guys yeah, are that's awesome. Huge. Yeah, it's great. So thanks for listening. That's going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, I believe next week. Well, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But Connor's back next week, I think. No, is he? I don't yeah. Know. Okay. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. We'll nope. see. We'll see. We'll figure that out. All yeah. right. So until then, I'm Ron. I'm Josh. <laughs>